You're listening to Uncommentary, the home of conversations and clarity. I'm your host, Marty Duran. Well, I don't mention it a lot on the podcast. Maybe I do occasionally about how much uh, I love coffee and that my wife and I drink enough to float a small fleet of battleships, um, like multiple uh, cups a day. Uh, she recently had to switch to decaf for some health things, but other than that, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's just been the way that things go. So um, over the years, we've done a little bit of everything. My mom drinks that artificial uh, coffee product that instantly dissolves in your cup and tastes about the same. Tastes like you're drinking the label off the jar instead of the coffee in the jar. Um, and so we went from that as newlyweds to uh, more refined tastes over the way. And then we bought beyond Folgers and beyond that stuff. Then we started going to Starbucks, like most of the people in the universe. And over at some point, I can't remember what it was. I found out that you could actually roast coffee beans at home and it made everything taste fresher. And so I found, believe it or not, I found a uh, used old school popcorn popper and uh started roasting beans at home using that and graduated from that to a, uh, uh, it's actually, I guess a, um, it's, it works better outdoors. I guess you could use it indoors if you had the right ventilation, but I use it outdoors, um, a home style roaster. And then we grind our own beans every day and all that kind of stuff. So my guest today works in the coffee industry. And so I'm really excited. So I need to tell you first, Catherine, how it came that I was, I, I became a customer of coffee bean corral. So I had been buying from one of your competitors who's, I don't know, up in Chicago or somewhere and had been pretty pleased with them. They had a good selection, but all of a sudden I can't remember what caused this. Um, their shipping got really, really slow and there were backlogs of almost everything and it took forever to get my orders. So I asked my daughter, uh, hey, who do you order your coffee from? She was not grind. She was grinding at the time, but not roasting her own beans. So she would order the beans and then just grind them and, and uh, brew them in the mornings. And so um, she gave me the name of, of a another of your competitors. And so somehow or another, I don't know how this happened. I was typing in the name that she gave me, and the first name that came up was Coffee Bean Corral. I was paid no attention whatsoever. <laughs> clicked on it, went to your website, <laughs> ordered my stuff. And, uh, when it came, I was, I was like, uh, I picked up the bag because your, your packaging is so cool. Picked up the bag with the tag on it, took a picture, sent it to my daughter and said, this is really awesome. And she's like, where'd you get that? I'm like from the company that you recommended. <laughs> she said, I've never heard of that company before. So, uh, with that as the introduction, I'd like to welcome Catherine Mansell to Uncommentary. Welcome Catherine. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So you guys are located somewhere in Mississippi, right? Yeah, we're in Jackson. In Jackson. Okay. So um, uh, since you haven't yet written a book on coffee, uh, maybe that's in your future. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, You were apparently born uh, on a coffee farm somewhere in the highlands of Nicaragua and you came out wrapped in (laughs) wrapped in leaves and then they, you know, cold pressed you or whatever for the first 12 years of your life. Uh, where are you from? Tell everybody a little bit about you because, uh, I'm pretty sure outside of Jackson, Mississippi, most folks won't know you by name. Right. Um, well, I am born and raised, uh, here in Mississippi. Uh, I'm from Pickens, uh, which it's 
very small, uh, not a lot of uh, um, people driving through, so nobody really know where it is. But um, I, I've never really been a um, a big coffee person until uh, a few years ago. Uh, I didn't really know that coffee even grew as an agricultural product. Had no idea that it wasn't just already ready for you all the that time. That is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and that and that's generally the story. Um, but well, I can assure you that what my mother drinks isn't a product that's grown anywhere. <laughs> what uh, what kind of coffee does your mom drink? I won't call the brand the name, but it's been around for longer than you and I have been alive, and it has an orange top. I know it. I know yeah. it well. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing with my folks too. Mostly everybody <laughs> sticks to that to that one thing that they've always had. Uh, so I know I know that well. So um, I wanted to. Uh, this this is not a typical episode for the podcast, but it's a huge area of interest for me, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of my listeners, because they read a lot, they drink coffee a lot. Those two things seem to go together. Um, so I wanted to talk to you and I really appreciate you coming on, having absolutely no idea what was about to happen to you, uh, (laughs) volunteering to be the victim on the uh, coffee version of the podcast, uh, so that we can talk a little bit about stuff, uh, related to it. Cause I hear a lot of stuff and I'll be honest with you. Like I hear the word notes when it talks about coffee and all these different Mm -hmm. things. And even, even occasionally when I buy from coffee bean corral, I hear, um, you know, you're going to taste you know, citrus or you're going to taste chocolate. Or you're going to taste almonds. Or you're going to taste, right. you know, <laughs> fruit loops or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I can't taste any of that stuff. I, all I know <laughs> is when I pour the coffee and I drink it, does it taste really good? Or is it just like not as great as others that I've had? So right. let's talk a little bit about regions, um, mm-hmm. coffee that's grown in different regions. So you guys have an enormous, and by the way, this is coffeebeancorral.com. As you're listening, I want you to, this is going to be in the show notes along with some other stuff. Uh, but I want you to be sure if you're in the field, if you're already grinding and you're looking for somebody to buy from, uh, if you're looking to roast, they are roasters, uh, green beans, there's going to be a, a pod, there's going to be a coupon code for those near the end. So hang on for that. But, um, talk a little bit about regions because, like we can't grow this stuff in Tennessee. If we could, I'd have like several around my house and be <laughs> harvesting them at the appropriate right. time. Uh, talk okay. a little bit about regions and what it takes to grow coffee and then how the regions right. affect the, the taste. Sure. So uh, if you look at the world map, there's a Tropic of Capricorn and the Tropic of Cancer. So in that region right there is really uh, the prime area where the climate is right, the, the rainfall is right um, to really be able to to grow this coffee uh, on a large scale. Um, and the differences in the regions and how uh, and why all of the coffee tastes different. Um, each region has different uh, soil, has different altitudes, um, and they all play a role in what the end result of the coffee uh, tastes like. So. So Central American coffees are um, generally bright and clean and, and balanced, and they're the go-tos of people who are just starting out. Uh, they're easy to roast. Uh, the climate is similar across most Central American coffees, so there's not too much of a difference, but some that you can taste different um, sorts. So of when you say when you say yeah when you say Central American coffees, uh, what what countries are you talking about? I'm talking about Central America as um, 
Costa Rica, um, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, um, and you can throw Mexico too. Okay. Yes. You can throw North America, uh, and the Caribbean, uh, with that because they're generally about the same. Um, but they're all going to be different flavors, uh, or different citrus notes, different, uh, fruit flavors, and some vary to tropical fruits. Some stay along with just regular citrus, orange, and and lemon attributes. Um, And then Mexico is a a couple of different ones in there. Uh, The region of Chiapas and uh, Oaxaca, uh, they're a little bit different because the variation of the climates just in Mexico uh, produces different different flavors, different attributes. So when you say, and and so this is where I'm going to, push on how do you taste uh-huh. lemons and limes and like right. starburst in your coffee because <laughs> I just cannot right. so let me ask you a question how does roasting I've heard that uh, maybe I didn't just hear this maybe I actually read this in a book uh, that the lighter the roast the more of the bean you're tasting and the darker the roast the more of the roast you're tasting is that right yes that's exactly exactly right if you're if you generally like lighter roast coffees you like more of the origin characteristics of the coffee than you do the roast characteristics so if you like a really dark roast you really like what the actual roast itself uh tastes like more than you do the origin attributes so um i've often accused my wife of liking the potting soil roast because she likes hers so dark (laughs) Uh, that, that it's almost, I mean, it's just like drinking tar from a glass. Um, so what, but it also affects, uh, tell correct me if I'm wrong here, but the darker the roast, the more of the caffeine is, is burned away in the process. Is that right? Yes, generally I think so. Um, and that's not something that I've, I've practiced on. Most all the Arabica coffee is going to be in a, a certain percentage of caffeine. Uh, so you're not losing so much, but it's less the darker that you go. So um, how do you, let's talk about sourcing for a little bit, where, mm-hmm. where you get your coffee, how you decide where you're going right. to get your coffee, because you guys have a, one of the things that I like, and I'm not saying you're the only ones that do this, but one of the things I do like about your website is you often mention the grower or the farm where it mm-hmm. comes from, not just the region, but like right. the actual farm that it comes from. How do you guys connect with people? I, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, drive down there and take your business away. Um, but how, how do you find uh, folks that are doing this business? Now, I've been to Nicaragua and I know that the average person can grow in certain parts of the country. I was at a guy's house and he grew his own coffee. Literally, his his backyard was just coffee bushes or trees or whatever. And he would harvest the beans himself. He would roast them himself and and brew them. And he had his own coffee that he grew in his backyard for the whole season. Um, So how do you find folks that are big enough to like supply you with beans that you can then sell to others? Well, when I first started here, um, I kind of inherited a few importers that have always worked with Coffee Bean Corral. So these importers have direct contact with um, these farms in particular and have been working with these farms for a long time. And the traders are uh, are importers who are securing the coffee for us, sending us Uh samples of it, and then they bring it into the United States and then we bring it into Coffee Bean Corral. Uh, Recently, I went to visit some of our farmers. I went to uh, the Ramirez estate in the Dominican Republic. 
uh, wow. met Eddie Ramirez and and got to tour the farm and and speak to him about uh, processing and and farming and how he came came to do it. And then I think last month I went to the La Manita Estate in Costa Rica and met those farmers uh, and got to see how they do it and and really see it in person. So being able to connect with the farmers on uh, a, a more personal level um, is a big thing because there are coffee can be grown in in so many different places, but um, to meet people who are are actually in the dirt with it mm -hmm. um you appreciate it more you know you you appreciate the the personal contact and the coffee uh, is so good you kind of just want to go and say thank you so much right. <laughs> for growing right. this <laughs> thank you so you guys going to organize a field trip for your customers like uh <laughs> compassion international takes people to sponsorship children to visit <laughs> Right, right. I think everybody would want to go. I would love to do that. I kid you not. If I had the means, I would, uh, and you guys were putting together a field trip to, to coffee farms, I would be like, sign me up. I would love to do that. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, there's a, there's natural ways of growing and then there's, mm -hmm. I guess, certified organic. So on your website, even you right. have, uh, certain, mm -hmm. uh, certain products that are certified organic or whatever. So right. I know that there's a, there is kind of a big push or move or has been over the last several years to right. treat, uh, treat farmers in these countries. Well, make sure that these big giant American companies are not, you know, exploiting the farmers that they're getting right. uh, a good deal. How does all of that work together? Because I know that the, the organic certified can be a big headache for small time guys, ladies. Right. Uh, so how does all that work together to kind of make sure that, uh, small time farmers in countries that I'm never probably going to see get treated well, and that I can have some, right. some amount of confidence that my purchases are, are also going to a good cause. Right. So the organic certification is really kind of a check to make sure that the farm isn't using anything harmful when they're growing the coffee. Um, and the countries that can do that, do that. But countries, uh, some like in Bolivia, way out in the middle of nowhere, you have to pay for that person to travel to your country, put them up for a few days, and then pay for the whole entire thing so they can come and make sure that you're, you're growing coffee or organically. Wow. Not a lot of countries can do that. Yeah. Um, you know, so even if the, the coffee is not organic, sometimes it's grown organic, but you don't really have any proof there. Yeah. Uh, so the direct connection between that trader who is our importer with that, that farm is the important part. Um, so the fair trade that you were talking about yeah. is making sure that you know, big America is not coming in and giving somebody a dollar for coffee that's worth four or five. Yeah. Um, and, and they're there to really regulate and give it. This is how much um, this coffee has to be sold for. Um, and then we work with a couple of importers um, that that pay uh, three times the price of fair trade for some of these coffees uh, because these countries need it and the coffee's worth it. You know, so it's um, it's that trust and that uh, relationship with the trader 
that is there on the ground uh, to make sure that the coffee is grown the way it should be. Hey, everybody, you're listening to Uncommentary. This is uh, Marty Duran. I'm talking to Catherine Mansell. She works for, what's your title? Are you the coffee bean buyer? What's your title? I am the business operations manager and the green coffee buyer at Coffee Bean Corral. She's the bean queen at Coffee Bean Corral. That's the, that <laughs> That's should be right. on your business cards uh, in Jackson, yeah. Mississippi. And we're going to come yeah. back to our conversation in just a second. But I did want to point out their website is coffeebeancorral.com. It's where uh, Sonia and I buy all of our green beans that we roast. And then we grind them uh, in the mornings before we make our coffee. Uh, and I wanted to point out on their website, there's a couple of things I want you to know. First, they do have a roaster page. So if you go to that, then uh, there's several options there for roasters where you can begin to roast your own coffee at home. I think the one that I have is the SR800. I'm not positive about that. But if you're just yeah. starting out, uh, this is a good this is a good step up from a popcorn popper, which is literally right. where I started. Uh, so the fresh roast SR 800 is a good option. If you want to go slightly smaller, there's the 540. And then if you want to spend yeah. a lot of money, you can do that too. Um, <laughs> but what I really want to, am excited to share with you is if you go to the green coffee bean tab and, uh, make your selection there, then when you're checking out, if you'll use podcast 10 as your checkout code, you'll get 10% off of your purchase. So, um, that's, we're going to say that that's good through August. Is that what we decided? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that'll be From good through the end of August. The end of August. Yeah. Okay. I think this episode's probably going to drop about mid July, something like that. So you'll have five to six weeks to take advantage of that. And I really hope that you'll do so because um, it's a good company. You'll really enjoy the speed that they ship with. You get your stuff in like in a day or two. It's really amazing. Uh, and they have really cool packaging for the beans as well. I'm uh, I begged my wife to figure out a way to resell those little sacks and she couldn't figure out a way to make it happen. But, uh, but they're really cool. And um, if you're really crafty, you might find something to do with the, the little bags that the beans come in. So what does it take to keep uncommentary on the air? Uh, technically it doesn't cost a lot. Um, there's costs associated with editing. There's costs associated with scheduling and there's not a lot more, but nobody gets rich off of podcasts that they do from their room in their home. Uh, it's all about getting the content out and uh, doing what people uh, like and maybe even need to hear. So I do want to encourage you to become a Patreon uh, or at least maybe a one-time gift. Um, but the reality is it doesn't take a lot and uh, a little bit helps out a ton and makes it worthwhile. And occasionally I can take my wife out for a meal. Uh, if you'd rather do a one-time thing, you can use PayPal, paypal.me slash uncommentarypod. That's paypal.me slash uncommentarypod. Or Patreon is monthly. And these are uh, auto drafts, so you don't have to write checks. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go back to the website. Uh, the $2 is gone. The $3 is gone. And really, uh, you never miss it. So that's patreon.com slash uncommentary as well. And now back to this week's episode. So, um, let me ask you this question about regions uh, again. Um, are there some regions that the beans naturally lend themselves to light, medium, or darker roasts, or is it all a matter of taste? It's really a matter of taste because each country is going to have different uh, flavor attributes. Like Ethiopia is a very complex uh, region because some of the, the coffee grows wild. 
um, and they process them in different ways. There are a lot of natural processed Ethiopians and those bring out really fruity flavors like blueberry, wow. strawberry, watermelon. Um, and then you go with uh, Indonesian uh, and they do a lot of wet hulling processing, which is generally the same as a wash process. Um, it's close to it. And those coffees have notes of, of cedar and, and tobacco and uh, spice. So each now, wait, region- wait, wait a minute, which, which is that? Uh, Sumatra, well, Indonesian coffees in general. Indonesian coffees taste like wood. Okay, I need to keep that in mind. <laughs> <Yeah. All right. laughs> no, they're they're all they're all different. They all farm things differently and process things differently. And and processing has a a very big part to play in and what the coffee tastes like. Oh, okay. Um, so describe that. Uh, I've sure. heard of you know some kind of water processing. I've heard of Swiss something or another processing. Describe right. what processing is like and how it affects the beans. Sure. So the the bean itself is what is inside of the coffee cherry. So removing all those layers of fruit from the coffee seed is called processing. So um, there's a natural process, which is uh, called the drop process, where after the fruit is picked, it is laid out to dry. And while it's drying, it's fermenting. And uh, I guess in the South, you could say it's marinating. Um, so it's marinating and bringing in the flavors from the actual fruit itself inside of, uh, the coffee bean, the coffee seed, um, very fruity, uh, and you can identify it when you taste it. And if you haven't tasted one before the first time you taste it, you're going to think, oh no, that's not right. (laughs) But you have, you have to be prepared for it. Uh, when I first started at coffee bean corral, I tasted a natural process and I said, I'm not going to drink that again. Uh, And then I went out to take a a Q Essentials cupping class in Oakland with Royal Coffee and was it was explained to me really what it is. And then I got to appreciate it more. Um, But it's a bit different. It kind of anchors into your tongue a little bit and kind of tastes a bit different at first. Um, But like I said, a lot of Ethiopian coffees are naturally processed. It doesn't use a lot of water, um, which is always uh, more sustainable. And then you have the wash process, which is a wet process, and it's almost exactly the opposite. So after the the coffee fruit is picked, it's automatically depulped and washed then, and then laid out to dry. So there's no fermentation taste. It's really a clean taste of just the bean itself. Okay. Um, and that's what normally people who drink coffee um, are drinking a, a wash process coffee. Hmm. And then so, you've got um, one in the middle. Yeah, go ahead. You've just got one in the middle called a called a honey process where they just take off the outer layer and then um, turn the coffee at different uh, intervals that it ferments at different levels. And those are all different honey processes. Okay. Um, have you had that coffee that comes through the cat's digestive <laughs> tract? <laughs> um that was when the I nice way to put it, you know. That was, it was. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> when I first started at Coffee Bean Corral, uh, they did have some, but um, it was very expensive. And it, I think yeah. maybe once every couple of months, somebody would buy four ounces of it at an yeah. astronomical price. Um, yeah. But we didn't have it for very long, and I did not get to taste that one. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I, I just can't get myself motivated enough to, uh, 
to do with it. So why is um, why is Colombian coffee the one that seems to be the most, at least in America, amongst the average person that isn't doesn't like pursue all these different options in coffee. If they hear, Oh, it's Colombian coffee. You know, is it just because Juan Valdez grows it? I mean, is it just because (laughs) it's known that people think Colombian coffee is the best or is there really a specific thing about Colombian coffee? Well, they're sweeter and they don't have a a lot of acidity, Uh, but they have mild fruit notes and, and chocolate and nutty and caramel. It's a smooth, nice cup of coffee. One of my favorite, coffees that we have here is our uh, it's called a Colombia Bucaramanga um, and it's just a nice smooth cup of coffee there's nothing really in your face about it the acidity is at a level to where um, it's enjoyable Colombian coffees are good solid coffees for sure so I haven't looked today to see on your website but I'm going to bop over right now and see if I can find um one coffee that I had at one point, uh, and it's not available at this particular uh, supply place anymore that starts with an S and ends with Tarbucks, um, <laughs> was a Mexican shade grown coffee. Right. Is right. that something that you guys get very often? Because I don't see it on your website right now, at least not listed as Mexican shade grown. Um, well, I guess it's not, none of them are listed as shade grown in the, the bios of the coffee. Um, it'll mention shade grown coffee. So, and that's just at the, at the farm, you can see where it's not just rows and rows and rows of coffee. You can see all of these trees uh, and see that it's shade grown. Now, I don't know what that, that one you meant uh, tastes like, but uh, a lot of coffees are, are shade grown. When I went to Costa Rica, um, that was one big thing that they mentioned to me over and over. You see all of these trees out here. It's all shade grown. So the, the coffee, the coffee bush or the coffee tree is growing under a larger canopy of trees. Is that what it is? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess that's, that, that would affect it in several ways. Uh, not the least of which is it doesn't get direct sunlight, which I guess would have right. something to do with it. Interesting. Well, I'm going to be looking for shade grown on your website from now on to see if I can, uh, <laughs> see if you drop that in to help me out some. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, anything else that you think the average person might like to know about coffee, coffee buying, coffee around the world, um, challenges that farmers have? Anything that if you're, uh, if somebody engages you in conversation, you start rambling on for a while that you're like, I got to say this, what would that one thing be? <laughs> um, let me think. Most of the time it's it's telling people that even if the coffee is a really high priced coffee, that doesn't mean it's the best coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, that coffees from every region are uh, delicious and you can always change how the coffee tastes by your roasting. Um, I have a lot of co- conversations about um, how am I supposed to roast this coffee? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, a tricky conversation because it's really based on preference. Um, so on our website, we don't have, uh, roasting notes. We have cupping notes on there. Uh, and that's, uh, based on a a regular medium roast where, um, people who have their, uh, cupping certification, they're the ones who are saying that what they taste in all these coffees. Um, but the, the roast, um, is, is really up to the person. 
um, cause I like, um, a, a nice full medium roast, a full city roast. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's right when you're on the, the verge of that second crack. Uh, and that's my sweet spot. So the conversations mostly go around, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to roast this coffee? But there's okay. really no right way to do it. It's a, it's a, it's a personal experience and a, and a very personal taste uh, to each person. What I usually taste in my coffee is either eggs and bacon or pound cake. That's what I usually taste <laughs> right. in my coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so let me ask you a roast, one roasting question. Um, sure. It seems to me, and I've been roasting, I typically just roast somewhere between medium and a medium dark because mm -hmm. it's a broad enough spectrum that if you're forgetting to pay attention, but you hear that second crack starts, you can just wind the, the timer down and start to cool, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. So it's a little bit yeah. easier to, to, to handle. The thing right. that I'm haven't gotten down and actually am afraid to try is the light roast. I'm afraid I'm going to wind up with a bunch of unroasted beans in my coffee and get right. sick or something. So what's a key to a good uh, light roast that doesn't kill you? Well, light roasts are, uh, typically going to still have some sort of, uh, grain or, or a grassy flavor. Um, the light roast is not something that I have mastered. Now I have tasted a lot of light roast coffees and they are, uh, full of flavor and really, um, kind of hit you in the face with, with all mm -hmm. the flavor. Uh, but it's not something that I can drink a full cup of coffee. Um, really? Wow. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it kind of reminds me of, uh, different fermentations that are really a lot when you first try it. Um, so light roast is not something that I have, uh, completely mastered just yet. Okay. That's fair enough. So folks been talking to Catherine Mansell. She's with coffee bean corral, and I'm going to repeat again. It's coffeebeancorral.com and check out their roasters and check out their enormous, uh, selection of, uh, green beans that you can roast yourself. Um, and if you order from them by the end of August, so by October, uh, by October, by August 31st and use the coupon code podcast 10, you'll get 10% off of your, uh, off of your order. Now, does that go for me too? Or am I excluded because I created that whole nonsense? <laughs> no, of course, of course it okay. goes for you. Cause I order a bigger order than I normally do if I get a 10% discount. Uh, and I want to remind everybody who's listening as well. Uh, don't forget to uh, rate and review Uncommentary in your favorite podcatcher and recommend it, especially this episode is a little different and we'll have some interested parties outside of what we normally do. And I hope that you'll take advantage of that. Uh, also want to encourage you to support Uncommentary through Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Uncommentary. You can uh, sign up for the every month, a little bit of draw out of your account and that'd be great. I'll be grateful for that or one time at paypal.com slash paypal.me slash uncommentary pod. Uh, and you can give your half a million dollars there. And it, that also <laughs> will be greatly appreciated. So, uh, Catherine Mansell from coffee bean corral. Thanks so much for hanging out today. Thank you. I enjoyed it. As always, thank you for listening to uncommentary. If you'd like to keep up with me on Twitter, it's at Marty Duran. If you'd like to follow the podcast account, it's at Uncommentary Pod. Please rate and review, and whichever podcatcher you listen to, uh, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Podbean uh, or Overcast or Castbox, whichever one you use, uh, if you can rate and review, then that would be awesome. It just helps with search results and gives some credibility. 
to the podcast itself. Uh, and as you have an opportunity, if you would promote it, whether you uh, put the link from uncommentarypodcast.com uh, on your Facebook page, or if you tweet the link or retweet the, uh, the initial broadcast that it's live, uh, anything like that to help spread the word is always appreciated. And as always, uh, Solideo Gloria, this is Marty Duran for Uncommentary Podcast. <laughs>